0: Hi, I'm Sherry Todd, a former DJ, now podcaster. Every week, I hope to take you on an adventure that informs, inspires, and starts conversations. I want to get honest, and I want to get to the heart of life and love. There's going to be good days, bad days, good shows, bad shows. And just like life, we have to figure it out. And I want to figure it out loud. Welcome to Sherry. There's a book maybe you've heard of, maybe you've read it. It's called The Courage to Heal, A Guide for Women Survivors of Child Sexual Abuse. It's written by Ellen Base and Laura Davis. Now, this book was first recommended to me when it came out about 20 years ago. And at the time, I thought I, don't re- I really don't need it, so I never read it. But lately, I've been feeling I need a little help. So I ordered it off of Amazon, along with The Courage to Heal workbook. And I was kind of surprised after I read the first chapter how much I realized I still have a lot of healing to do. So hopefully this book will help me find some tools to help me with the extra stress that I've been going through lately. Dealing with my mom's Alzheimer's has really triggered me in a lot of ways I never expected. So I needed to do something. So here's hoping that it helps. I've always tried to be as open as possible on Cheruby, so I wanna share this journey. I want to heal out loud. And so with that, I'm introducing an eight part series on healing, starting with this episode. I like to share the lessons and the exercises I'm learning from this book. And hopefully those of you that are listening will take away some of the healing and understanding of this epidemic called child sexual abuse. So let's begin with our lesson today, Taking Inventory and Taking Care, part one, the effects, recognizing the damage. The long-term effects of child sexual abuse can be quite extensive, that it's sometimes hard to pinpoint how the abuse affected you. It can affect everything, your sense of self, intimate relationships, sexuality, parenting, work, even your sanity. Most survivors have been too busy surviving to notice the ways they were hurt by the abuse. But you cannot heal unless you acknowledge the impact of your abuse. Because sexual abuse is just one of many factors that shaped your development, it isn't always possible to isolate its effects from other influences in your life. For example, if you have trouble trusting people, is it because you were molested when you were a child? Or was it because your mother was an alcoholic or because you were left alone for hours every day? It's the interchange of many factors that makes us who we are today. So how does abuse affect self-esteem? When children are respected and cared for, they learn that they have value. They experience a foundation of safety from which they could take on new challenges. They develop confidence and feel good about who they are and who they're becoming abuse interrupts this process of developing positive self-esteem many abused children are told they will never succeed they're stupid or only good for sex with messages like these it's hard to believe in yourself that's why many survivors feel bad dirty or ashamed powerless different that there's something wrong with them deep down inside and that people will if they knew them they'd leave some survivors hate themselves feel frozen unable to protect themselves have been victimized as adults struggle with self-destructive feelings other survivors have a hard time identifying their own needs taking care of themselves feeling good or recognizing their own interests talents or goals some survivors are afraid to succeed can't accomplish the things they set out to do, feel they can't move forward in their lives, feel the need to be perfect. They overwork or over-accomplish to make up for the feeling of failure. And some survivors forget big chunks of their childhood. And how does abuse affect feelings? When children are raised in a healthy environment, their emotions are respected. When they are sad, angry, or afraid, their parents or caretakers acknowledge their feelings, make room for safe expression, and offer comfort. Children raised in an emotionally supportive home are not talked out of their feelings or punished for them. Because of this, they learn that feelings are not dangerous. Abused children rarely have this kind of support. They cannot afford to feel the full extent of their terror, pain, shame, or rage. The agony would be devastating. If the adults around them are out of control, they get the message that feelings lead to violence. Anger means beatings or furniture hurled across the room. Abused children often learn to block out their pain because it's too painful or because they don't want to give the abuser the satisfaction of seeing them cry. On the other hand, they may feel overwhelmed with feelings, flooded with fear, grief, shame, and rage. All too often, they suffer with this pain alone, without a safe way to express their emotions and without comfort. Often, survivors find it difficult to calm down when they get upset, recognize their feelings, distinguish between emotions or express feelings. Many survivors feel just a few feelings rather than a full range of emotions. They feel confused, dead inside, disconnected, isolated, and alone. A sense of shame. Many survivors are prone to depression or despair. Struggle with anxiety or have panic attacks. Alternate between overwhelming anxiety, fear, or rage and become numb and shut down. Feel agitated and on alert. Have frequent migraines. Have frequent nightmares. Worry about going crazy. Rarely feel pleasure, relaxation, or joy. So how does the abuse affect family relationships. In a healthy family there is respect and caring across the generations. Family members are affectionate and warm but not intrusive. Honest and respectful communication is the norm and each member of the family has a secure comfortable place in the fabric of the family. When incest occurs family relationships are distorted. The essential trust, sharing, and safety are missing and in their place, there's secrecy, isolation, and fear. If a family member abused you, you might have been made the family scapegoat and repeatedly told that you're crazy or bad. Since alcoholism and other dysfunctional patterns are often accompanied sexual abuse, you might have had to cope with these problems as well. Adult responsibilities might have been forced on you, at an early age. Many survivors have strained or difficult relationships with family members, feel crazy and invalidated or depressed when they visit their families, have been rejected by their families, don't feel safe in their families, continue to deal with belittling, hostile or abusive treatment, are alienated or completely estranged from family members. In many families in which there has been sexual abuse, the sexual abuse has not been talked about or acknowledged. Incest is denied or dismissed. The survivor is told to forget and forgive or to let the past be in the past. The needs of the abuser are put ahead of the survivor. The survivor becomes the family's scapegoat. All the family's problems are blamed on him or her. Family members aren't supported. And in some families... Incest still goes on. Now, all of this may make you feel hopeless, but you can heal from the effects of abuse. Even if you feel overwhelmed hearing about the long-term effects of abuse, remember that you have already lived through the hardest part, the abuse itself. You have survived against overwhelming odds the same abuse that has undercut you has also provided you with many of the inner resources necessary for healing one quality every survivor can be confident of having is strength and when the understanding of what it is to take to heal that strength leads directly to determination as one woman once said no one's going to fuck with me no more now that's just a few of the many effects of child sexual abuse. I chose to share the ones that seemed to affect me the most. Now if you'd like to learn and read more, it's all in the book, The Courage to Heal. Now at the end of the chapter, there was a writing exercise. And if you want to participate, here's what you do. You write about the ways you're still affected by the abuse. What are you still carrying in terms of your feelings of self-worth, your relationships, your sexuality, your work? How is your life still suffering, still limited? Write about the strengths you've developed because of the abuse. Think of what it's taken for you to survive. What are the qualities that enable you to make it? Preservation, flexibility, self-sufficiency. Write about those strengths with pride. Now this was a tough one for me because I'm not very good at putting my feelings down, but I did it. So as part of my therapy, I'm going to share with you what I wrote. How is the abuse still affecting me today? I still carry around a lot of anger and mistrust. I have a hard time believing people, especially when they say they're sorry or they love me. I still carry around a lot of insecurity about what I'm capable of. I still find it hard to talk to people I don't trust or don't know. I still find that sometimes I will freeze or shut down when it comes to a situation that I feel I'm not comfortable with or in control of. I still find it hard to put myself first. I have a lot of self-worth and image issues. I do feel that I'm strong when it comes to loyalty. I feel that I'm strong when it comes to empathy. I feel that I'm strong when it comes to morals i feel that i'm a good judge of character something that i had to be good at to protect myself i feel that i'm someone that other people can count on even though i feel i constantly let myself down i realize that the abuse could have taken me to a lot of dark places but i'm proud to say that i was strong enough to stay in the light and not allow myself to follow those demons and that's it that's the exercise it was interesting it made me acknowledge some of the pain I've stored away back in my mind, and uh, it did remind me I'm still a strong person, but you know, it's a start. Now, like I said before, I'm not a therapist, a psychiatrist, or a counselor. I have no degree in mental health, I'm just a survivor sharing my story in hopes of healing. But if you feel you're in crisis and need to talk to a professional, please call anytime At 800 656 HOPE. 800 656 H O P E. So, the next episode coping and honoring what you did to survive. Now, if you want to follow along, feel free to go buy the book. It's on Amazon. I'm sure you can still get it at a bookstore. Do they even exist? I don't know. The Courage to Heal, a guide for women survivors of child sexual abuse. It's written by Ellen Bass and Laura Davis. And there's also a workbook, a workbook called The Courage to Heal Workbook, which I um, suggest you get that too. Now, if you have any comments or thoughts, email me at podcast at sherrytod.com. Sherry podcast at Sherry with Sherry todd.com. I want to thank you for listening and thank you for taking this journey with me. Please follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Check out my website, sherepeewithsherrytodd.com. And always remember to embrace your voice. See you. Bye. You can find Sherapy with Sherry Todd in your iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or other favorite podcast apps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.